your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Children are dismissed to Children's Church. And Father, we ask a blessing on Children's Church and, and uh, on Bianca. <laughs> we ask that you'd make her the Energizer Bunny. That after two weeks of camp, Lord, fill her with strength and uh, yeah, that she can finish this out strong in the name of Jesus. Amen. It occurred to me, she's had two weeks of camp and now she's right back there in Children's Church. You can just see her with the drum. <laughs> Keeps on going. In fact, just join with me in prayer again, if you would. I, I really want the Lord to bless this. Father, we ask that you bless this time. Um, we uh, want to continue learning to be, uh, to be friends of God, to be in um, intimacy and friendship with you. And uh, Lord, as this week and last week, I heard from so many people that that's, that's a challenging idea for them and challenging for me. Lord, I just ask that your spirit would be in this and that you would... You would uh, Open the gates of friendship in new ways. Create an intimacy. Uh, uh, just build on the intimacy that we already have. Create an intimacy like we've not even had before. Lord, that we would be unique as a body of people that explode with your friendship, that have that radiance on our face, that we would be so filled with your spirit and so intimate with you in friendship that it would be obvious to the world that we are, we are friends with God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Y'all look beautiful this morning. You excited to be here? Yeah, good, because I'm, I'm bracing myself for that uh, when fair season comes, like the place empties out. I'm all, last year I said, you know, I need to make some kind of different plan for what we do in the service when there's only four of us here. <laughs> it just feels a little weird to be preaching a message to a couple of chairs, but that's such an important thing. And so blessings on your efforts for that fair. And um, Maybe I'll come up with a game plan besides the normal... <laughs> That's right, one of them. One of them will be Pastor Tony Sparendale. Did I get that right? From He's a senior pastor of um, a sister congregation of ours in Israel. Now, I say that in terms of like, you know, we're sister congregation to every church, every church that follows Jesus on the planet. So I say that loosely, um, but uh, that's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We've had, um, what is, Sally Schiff came last year from that congregation and um, it was amazing, huge blessing. And now we get the senior pastor is coming, and um, that's just fun. And I got to move that, so I quit playing. So, um, you know, I believe, I don't even want to say I believe. I know it as a fact, I've experienced it. Do you know, as you get to know Jesus more deeply, um, ambition is born. Do you know that? And I think um, during certain periods of Christian history or the way we start to think, we, we almost feel like what I just said is taboo. Um, but the truth is, is as you get to, know, you know, Jesus is very ambitious. Do you know that? I mean, he created the universe. That's pretty ambitious. And I believe as we get to know him, as we become friends with him, he begins to fill us with ambition. Have you all experienced that? I mean, like, like passions and desires and ideas you never had in all of your life, you certainly start to get filled. Um, the Word of God tells us um, somewhere, somewhere in Proverbs, I have no idea where, um, it says something to the effect, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now in our culture, I think we, is that a psalm? Thank you. 37. Man, we've got... you. <laughs> <laughs> you got that's that's a, a life verse for you yeah me too I've never been able to remember addresses even when they're life verses I just kind of um but you know I think in our culture what we do with that we think that that means 
Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you all of your little craves and desires. A new car or whatever. And that, I don't believe that's what it means. It means delight yourself in the Lord and you find yourself in such an intimacy of friendship that you're suddenly, his desires are suddenly birthing in you. And you suddenly have ambitions you never had before. Jesus' ambitions, kingdom ambitions and ideas. How many of you have experienced this? The whole place? Good, good, good. Okay, we're going to talk about that um, today. Um, and, you know, I just want to go back. I think uh, I get time frames wrong, uh, but two weeks ago we had Steve Papez and he talked about some of the more difficult parts of our walk and trusting God through that. How many of you are here for that? Okay, if you weren't, it's, it's fine. You're not going to miss anything. But if you were, we're going to build on that. Last week, we had Pastor Perry over here talk about, um, what would you say? Oh, come on. I've seen you, Pastor Kids. Get over it. <laughs> we had him talk, and he, he's probably going to say, that's not what I talked about. But what I heard, he talked about friendship and an intimacy in a way um, where God challenges us where in those ambitions he keeps moving the leap that he's asking us to take a little further. How many of you are here for that? Okay, if you weren't, no big deal. If you were, we're going to build on that. And before that, I was talking about Abraham as God's friends. That'd be like three weeks ago, I think. We're going to continue with Abraham here, and I just want to show you... Um, God's put it on my heart to just kind of to go through... A normal man's life. Do you think of Ab Abraham as a normal man? Well, let me tell you something. He is. <laughs> he is. He's just like you. Okay, you can put him in some like stardom pedestal, but if you do, you're going to miss it because God is nuts about you like he was nuts about Abraham. He's got plans for you like he did for Abraham. If you're struggling to believe that, we're going to help you get over it. <laughs> And we're going to talk about um, geography. Okay, now I think, you know, you read through the scriptures and they say they went from here to there and then they went over here and then they went here. And I think what we tend to do, we tend to read over that. But I'm going to show you how um, you have geography in the development of your friendship with God. You have the territory of your heart. And there are actually places in your life um, that, rep, that are geography. And I'm going to show you, um, we're going to look at a lot more of the original language than I usually do because all of these places have insight. I believe there's a reason the word of God tells us that they went from here to here and then here to here. They're moving through a geography. And I'm specifically going to talk about a place and I'm going to show it to you in scripture that pops up various times throughout the narrative of God's chosen people. Are you God's chosen people? Okay, we learned that last week. <laughs> and I'm going to show you a specific place that I would call neither here nor there. Has anybody, how, how much of your life do you spend neither here nor there in terms of your relationship with God, right? Okay, so we're going to look at some of that. In fact, I'll tell you the place. How many of you are familiar with I? A-I. You got it, you got it. It comes up all the time, doesn't it? It's not, it looks like, in any singular passage, it looks like this really obscure place. But as you move through the word of God, you're like, man, there's that place again. There's that place again. And it's a very significant place that I personally call neither here nor there. But I'm going to show you the powerful things that God does in that place. Um, I'm going to start... Reading and God just gave me this verse just this morning, which usually kind of irritates me. I'm like, we're changing right now, but we're changing right now. So um, it's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And then I'm going to skip to 8. So don't be confused when I skip. We still got quite a few paper turners. Okay, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you know, I think we're very good at getting that first part. Um, we believe that he is, right? Um, but do we live our lives in such a way that we believe his goodness? We believe his love for us. We, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you live your life that way? Do, you, do we live our life that way even when um, everything that we see is lying to us about how God feels about us? When, when everything that's happening feels antagonistic to what we think he spoke, to the calling that we believe he spoke, or something that he's told us, something we know we're moving toward, do we believe that he's a rewarder? Even when our circumstances are screaming, well, this isn't going how you spoke it. That second part is so important. The word of God tells us to believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now I'm going to skip to eight and read about Abraham. Um, we skipped Noah, but go read chapter 11. It's, it's a good, it's a pretty good chapter. Verse eight says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So just notice, um, now we're going to, that's what we're going to do. We're going to walk along with Abraham some in his story. Okay, but I want you to notice now that he, he dwelt in tents. Why? Because he, he was a guy that was walking toward promise. Okay, he wasn't willing to stop and build where he was at. He was actually more satisfied with being neither here nor there. Are you following me? He was more satisfied being neither here nor there, knowing that he was moving to the words of God, moving to the promise, even if this was not exactly what he expected he expected or he wasn't quite there yet. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, I'm, I'm, part of my prayer this morning is that um, we're going to get um, permission. <laughs> permission to be exactly where you're at and find out that it, it doesn't mean that God's displeased with you. It doesn't, it doesn't in fact, it, it not only doesn't mean that he's not delighted in you, but quite the opposite. Even when you're off on a detour, even when it, this does not align with what you said to me at the moment, God, that, that it is actually his delight in you. Is that crazy? Is that a crazy concept? That's the area right there by I, and I'm going to show you this. So um, go with me to Genesis 12, and I'm starting right in verse 1. We read this a few weeks ago. This is the first recorded encounter between Abraham and God, okay? First time his name comes, well, his name comes up in some genealogies and some lists and things, but this is the first time we get a recording of his journey in friendship with God. And it starts like this. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth, um, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then verse four says, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. <laughs> That's the beginning of a friendship. Now I'm just gonna reiterate something we've said before. Notice this is the first encounter God speaks, what did he speak there? What is that paragraph? I mean, what is that really? It's a promise, right? He's laid out, he's spoken words and he's laid out a promise before. Do you know how important promise is in your life? Do you know if you're walking along and you, and you got nothing out here, I really think you're in danger. <laughs> That's why he invites us into a friendship, into a conversation with him into a journey a walk with him if you've if you've got nothing then then you're really um it's a precarious place to be <laughs> because all the, the world everything is going to try to try to take you off try to attack you attack your identity uh, um, attack your heart 
to, to come against you. And if you've got nothing, I'm gonna show you how, how incredibly important, but notice now that God starts the friendship by putting promise out there. Just, and if, and what I'm gonna do as we walk along this morning is, I believe that you're gonna find that we're gonna go through various geographical places or spots in our walk with God, and I encourage you to identify where you're at. It may be more than one of them. It's, it's likely you have different areas in your life, and in one area of your life, you're here, and in another area of your life, you're here. Does that make sense? Well, this is the first thing to notice. If you've got areas of your life, or the whole, the whole thing, I've been in seasons like that, where you don't have a guiding word, I would just encourage you, ask him for it. He may not give it instantaneously, but I believe he wants you to have that. This story with all of these people are full of that. Yes, he, wa- he wants you to, he, that's friendship. He says, I call you friends because I, I don't withhold anything from you. I tell you everything my father says. That's personal. <laughs> friendship is personal. Say friendship is personal. <laughs> he wants to be personal. He wants you to have a word that's taken you somewhere. Otherwise, you're really in trouble. And we're going to see that. So now keep going with me. I'm back in verse 4 here. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they'd acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to the place called Shechem as far as the terebinth tree in Morah and the Canaanites were in the land. Now, how many of you felt like when I read those last three sentences you started doing what you do and you kind of kind of spaced out like those are weird details right and you just read on to the next part I want (laughs) to the Lord just started to blaze these places on my heart and the more I research the more I'm like this is this is our journey into intimate friendship so look at this with me Shechem literally means to start early in the morning um, to incline or the place where you become inclined and to take a load on your back now, what did we just read? It says, um, it says, Abram passed through the land to a place called Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Morah. So look, I'm going to give you that second part here in just a minute. But notice, so, so the progression here, he takes a load on his back. What load? What load did he take on? What, what did he start early in the morning? In other words, this is the beginning of a new day very, very metaphorical here, right? Beginning of a new day and he takes on a load. What load? Huh? A nation? Okay. Takes on, and isn't that the promise? Right? He's taken on the load of the word of God, the friendship that God's inviting him, him into that's wrought with promise. I actually have an idea for your life. If you're not relating with this, begin relating now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should be relating because he's the same with you in terms of um, he's speaking words into your future in your life and he's asking you to take on that load. Now Jesus says my yoke is easy, right? My, my load is light. But a load nonetheless. It is something he's, he has us carry, right? And where does he go? He goes um, through Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Morah now listen, um, I think we talked about this before, but are you all familiar? Um, a terebinth tree is actually a place that is one of Jesus' favorite places. You read various times, you, you know, um, I think three weeks ago we talked about what's friendship, where we say, um, you like that, Lord? Then I like that too. That's what you like to do? Then I like to do it too. You like to talk about that? I like to talk about that too. That's friendship. Right? And the Lord loves sitting under the terebinth tree. Now, in their culture, it was, it's um, not only representative, it was literally um, a powerful place of prayer. They would go under the terebinth tree as a place, I mean, you might think of it as um, a temple or a place of worship, a place of prayer or conversation with the Lord. So notice that he takes, in other words, right here at the beginning, he takes on the friendship, which is, which is focused on, wrought with promise, and the first place 
that, that he stops at <laughs> is under the terebinth tree. It's a place where friendship is deepened, intimacy is deepened, okay? Now, I also need you to notice that it ended saying, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Isn't that a weird, it looks out of place. All of this and all of this, where he's going, and it goes, and the Canaanites were in the land. <laughs> no, it, it does actually belong there. Do you know what that's essentially saying? You know who the Canaanites were? He's, enemies, yeah, yeah, enemies. Um, so what is the promise? It starts in this passage at the promise of I'm giving you this place. I'm giving your descendants this place. And it ends with the enemy occupiers, <laughs> all the ones that are in the place that they're supposed to take. I should tell you the terebinth tree of Mora. The word Mora means um, early rain. I hope that means something. If it's just flying over, let it go. But early rain, okay, the rain, rain is always blessing and blessing specifically towards your coming into reigning with Jesus, becoming the dominion holder. That's rain, okay? And this word, this particular terebinth tree and this place that's neither, neither here nor there, is the place of that prayer once your heart's been inclined and you've taken on the passions of Jesus, the new ambitions that he's calling over you, and it's the place where you stop off, you pray. It's in the midst of the enemy occupiers, okay? And it, it still is, right? That's exactly, thank you. That's exactly what I'm trying to show you. This is your, this is your walk. If you're struggling if some of these messages lately are, are pushing in you into a place of struggle, like friends with God, I can think of him in many ways. But thinking of myself as his friend or him as my friend, that's hard. Well, here's, here is the walk of the one that various places throughout the word of God, it names Abraham as the friend, the friend of God. And this is how it happened, okay? Now, I'm going to skip. Um, what, what you would get next is the narrative of, um, of treating his wife as his sister to make it easy for his own hide. <laughs> so you find out that he, um, well, we'll just leave it at that. We're skipping that narrative because you know me, I'll rabbit trail and then and then we'll never get through. So you have to let me skip that. Go to um, 12, verse 7, and we're going to keep reading. Here it says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. Now, this is a whole message of its own, and I'm going to be very disciplined here, but I just want to point out, notice that the promises and calling of God, and it's not just this place. I'm going to tell you it's all over are descendant-focused. In other words, I don't care what your calling is. It's always about passing the blessing on to others into generations coming. It's very easy to get focused on our, on our own generation. I don't care if you're, if you're in here and you're 80 or you're, you're just a kid like me. I'm just a kid, right? Or how, I don't care how old you are. It's very focused to get focused to get focused where you're at, but God's calling is always about passing inheritance more and more powerfully on to the next generations. Amen? Okay. And it goes on and says, And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him, and he moved from there. Now listen, here's these places. This is the place, neither here nor there. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, now, just stop there with me, okay? East of Bethel. What's, what's Bethel? The house of God. The place of the fullness of the glory. The fulfillment of the call. Okay, that's Bethel. Okay, and it's east of Bethel. What's that tell us? You know, conquest was always from east to west. So look, it's, um, it's the place of not quite there yet. Is anybody not quite there? And, and, and in certain seasons of your life, more so than others. There, yeah. Now look, 
We've all had times, and I believe God means for us to live in this joy and blessing. We've all had times when the things that God spoke are coming to be and we're swept in the joy of this, this revival, this thing that he's doing, this, this plan that he, said, that he said, execute these plans and you're doing it. Like camp this week. Did y'all feel like that? At, oh, she's not in here. But did y'all feel like that at camp this week? Like we're doing this thing that God spoke. But there's also east of Bethel, okay? Not quite there yet. There's a word, there's a promise. And, and what do you got in this place? What you have is the promise. <laughs> you see, it's okay to be comfortable with, I've got the promise, but I, I'm not quite there. None of this, a lot of this, or, or none of this, is what he spoke. But I have faith I don't let go of what he said because his word is his word. Are, are you tracking with me there? East of Bethel, okay? And it goes on and says, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. Now, what's I? I literally translates as ruins or a ruined place, okay? So, <laughs> so he's passed completely being ruined, completely being lost and in ruins, but he's before Bethel, the place of the fullness of glory, the fulfillment of the calling. He's neither here nor there in this place. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. Now listen, to that. I don't know if the expression came from this or not, but things are going south. I suspect it did come from this, but I honestly don't know. Um, but going south is actually the expression that what's down there? Egypt, right? Egypt always represents going off away from the place of promise to another place. And it says he's journeying off going south. Now, now read with me. Continue to verse 10. And it says, now there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. This is so insightful, it's unbelievable and it's so easy to skip over. Now, now listen to me. In Abraham's friendship with God, he was asked to go to a place that he didn't even know what that place was, right? Anybody relating? Or have you always known exactly like where God's taken you, where the end of this leads? Okay. So he's gone off to a place that he doesn't know where it is. And essentially, as soon as he arrives there, he goes on a detour. A detour that God brings up. There's a famine in the land. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is a whole message of its own, but God will use famine. And I don't just mean hunger, okay? It might be that. But all types of famine, you name it, to move us into an intimacy development in friendship with him. So what, what happened here? He gets to the place that's neither here nor there, and at least as it's recorded in the word of God, instantaneously, God moves him on a detour, and I, I honestly don't know how it is in your life, but I'll just tell you, in my life, that's, that is the story of my life. I was like deer in headlight when it was revealed to me what's going on here. I'm thinking, um, is it true? Anyone else? I mean, I'm really asking this time, just me or? Okay, many of you, many of you. I mean, in obedience, you're moving toward what God spoke and you're right there on the edge of it. You're not even quite sure what it is, but you have this sense I'm on the edge of it and then detour. He just got there. <laughs> now here's what I want to tell you. And this, this is so heavy on my heart because I'm, I'm hearing your stories. I know where many of you are in your journeys and we always see this as a bad thing. We always see it um, as, uh, boy, what am I doing wrong? Or whatever. And I was on my way, and here's this detour, and we're like, we're like, I must be doing something wrong. Or I'll tell you even worse. 
um, we allow the enemy's voice of shame. What happens at this point so many times is we say, um, is we say, you know, it's, it's my fault or God, God must not be loving me. Now listen, I want to tell you what's really going on here. This is absolutely God's delight in Abraham. It's, you, you cannot read this story and lose the truth that God is in control and that he is crazy in love with your heart, with Abraham's heart and in your journey, crazy in love with your heart. So you're right there, you're doing great, you're moving towards the words of God and detour. Now I'm going to tell you something, from now on, in the name of Jesus, I'm just commanding that for the rest of your life when that detour comes, or if you're in one right now, this is the message it should scream to your heart. God is so delighted in me <laughs> that he's willing to detour me. Now listen to me. They, um, so even in the, the main part of the story, you know, they move across the desert and um, why do they take 40 years to go across the desert? Or why does it take, how many years does it take another 40 to co completely conquer the land? Is that right, scholars? Okay, why? You see, because he's got good plans for you. He's got mind-blowing promise for you. But he's not going to bring you into it before you can handle it. He loves you too much to, to smite you that way. So th these detours are the delight. You cannot read this story and think that he's not delighted in his friend Abraham. Okay, now I'm going to show you something. I'm, go with me to chapter 13 and verse 1. This is really just continuing. I, I think I skipped some, um, some paragraphs there for time's sake, but it says, Then Abram went up from Egypt, and he and his wife and all that he had. Um, wait, I read that already. No, I did not. Okay, go on with me. And Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he'd made there at first. And Abram called on the name of the Lord. Did, did you track what just happened? He went down to Egypt because of a famine. All kinds of things happened that we skipped. And if you go read them, you'll find out God is developing character, writing things about his heart in the things in between. And then he's gone full circle. He's back to neither here nor there in the exact same spot. How many of you have done full circle? How many times? <laughs> We've got to quit looking at this like um, we've done something wrong or God's not capable of taking us into his plans or, or, or the shame, the way of looking at it through shame. Okay, that um, I've, here I am again, I'm full circle and, uh, and it's, it's something inherently wrong with me. Anybody done that? Or am I just up here talking about my, <laughs> thank you for that? Good, I can stay. I'm not the only. Full circle. I want to tell you that God does that on purpose. You'll read that over and over and over again in the word of God and the people that he delights in most. And you are the people that he delights in most. He actually has a plan to take you full circle over and over and over again because this is the place where, actually, let me tell you what he does. I can tell I need to, I have to give you what he does in these places. So. Let me tell you this. Later you will find, um, much later in their story, you will find Joshua con beginning to conquer the promised land in the same place. Right here in this neither here nor there zone. They're, they're east of Jerusalem and Bethel and they're west of Ai, just barely in Joshua's case. They're really kind of like almost still in Ai, in the place of ruins. And do you all remember what happens when Joshua goes through? Who knows? This is the place. So you have to realize, in other words, 
Look, if you, if you read this story of this place that's neither here nor there, what happens is they conquer Jericho. They see God's victory. They see walls fall. <laughs> and then they go directly from there to neither here nor there. And, and they, they're, they're full of it. They're full of themselves. <laughs> right? And what, they, and what they don't know is that some of their, some of their guys have taken loot that was forbidden by the Lord, which, what does that say? They took their eyes off of the promise. You see, when they were moving through Jericho, the only thing they were concerned with was what God had spoke, the promise, and they were well in touch with the impossibility of it. Are you tracking? Like they're coming up to Jericho and they're like, it's impossible. But God gives them instructions and the walls fall and they get this victory and they move directly from victory to neither here nor there to the, to the next word spoken, the next conquest, and they send out men, they spy from there. And I'm going to tell you, the place that's neither here nor there is the place where you sit in prayer with God and you spy from the place of prayer. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean when I say literally in the story they spied? But what are they doing? They're checking out, they should be, <laughs> from that place with God. It should be in prayerfully in the, in the guidance of God spying from that place for how we proceed from neither here nor there. It's always the place where you stop. You You stop. And you check in with God. God, I know you've spoken this. And I still believe what you've spoken more than anything that I see. And I don't exactly know what's next, so I stop. Because I, I need to know your next step. Does that make sense? Because what happens is they spy it out and they go, ah, it's going to be nothing. And they send out 3,000 men and the 3,000 men are slaughtered. And that's in a place... That's in the place called um, Sheber, which literally translates to a solution of a dream. Think about that. A solution of a dream. It also, um, figuratively, it means ruins. They're chased, it says, I should read it. It literally says, um, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Sheber, or the, the actual place is Sheberim, which comes from Sheber. Solution of a dream, affliction, destruction, hurt, vexation. All the way to the place of their demise. Why? Because he wanted friendship, right? He's, he wants friendship. He wants intimacy and friendship where we meet at that terebinth tree, comfortable in the place that's neither here nor there. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So our eyes are going to tell us all kinds of things. And we're going to find ourselves in circumstances where we're like, full circle, I'm back here again. I just want you to know that neither here nor there is a very blessed place. <laughs> I was going to tell all kinds of stories, but then I saw what he wanted me to say and I knew there wouldn't be time. <laughs> but I assume, I'm just going to assume that it's true for you too, but I can just tell you for myself, I've spent most of my life neither here nor there in that place where <laughs> I've got the pain of knowing God spoke something. But I'm not there. And how many of you, do you know that pain? You know that he spoke something. <laughs> and I'm not there. And if you're anything like me, it just drives you up the wall. <laughs> but you also know that you've got some ruins behind you. Are you following? You know that you've, you've conquered some things with God and you've been delivered from some ruins and this is the place where you meet under the terebinth. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to wrap. I did it again. I'm just going <laughs> to wrap with a few thoughts. Actually, go to Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. If I don't pull this to Jesus, I failed. <laughs> because this is, this is Jesus' story. He wants to be your friend. And as... As a spirit-filled minister, just as you are, who's a spirit-filled minister? He laid how we do this. And I'm going to read um, two verses here. 
about Jesus. And I just want you to know that you could have picked any of like uh, probably eight other places out of the Gospels that say virtually exactly the same thing. Um, but here in verse 15, 515, did I give you that yet? Okay. It says, however, the report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And I'll tell you something. We think about whether it's seasons of our life or whether it's a moment before today's over. Neither here nor there is one of the most important places you build your friendship with Jesus. Are you tracking? Don't just say you're tracking. Am I really, are you getting it? If he needed to go off, <laughs> even in the midst of this was a moment that was very successful. You read in the Gospels and you know he did, he experienced a lot that would not have felt like success. You know that, right? So you're in good company as you walk this out. If he went off, to the terebinth tree. I'm surprised it doesn't just say it right there. I, mean, I guarantee you. That was a terebinth tree. Because you read other places where he meets, he meets with people there. He talks with his father there. I'm just saying. That's my guess. You can go with it or not. Which takes us, you know, full circle back to like Genesis 12, 6. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree and the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants I'll give this land. You know, that's friendship in a nutshell. I care about what you care about. I'm already walking in obedience and God says, I care about you back and I have this promise for you. And at this point in the story, Abra Abraham has nothing to give him any inclination that God is actually fulfilling the word spoken to him. I dare you to try and find some reason Abraham would have, at least at this moment, to believe that God was good for his word. It wasn't there yet. So, okay. Here's my closing thoughts, okay? Um, I want to define the neither here nor there. And as I do this, I just invite you, if you want to close your eyes, fine. If um, this isn't one of those where, um, well, I invite you to just let the Spirit speak. Identify where you're at. And you may come up with more than one. Since you, you are a very complex, multifaceted creation of God's the most complex creature he's ever made so it's likely you're in multiple places here okay this is the place okay between taking the load of friendship Shechem and before the house of glory this is the place smack at at prayer and friendship development this is the place in the midst of enemy occupiers. And this is, oh, we didn't read that part, but this is the house right next door to the house of vanity, Beth-Avon in temptation. This place, neither here nor there, is a place where it's a crossroad. It's a place that determines where you go next. You're, and, and I'm going to tell you this morning, that it's a place where um, your conversation with God or lack of is what's going to determine where you go next. Now here's what's accomplished there. Some of these we read, um, some of these we didn't, but this is what's accomplished there. Calling, friendship, and promise are established in this place. Now listen to me, they're not established in the battle in the warfare. Calling, friendship, and promise are established in the place of neither here nor there, the holding pattern. It's the place where he will often and always bring you full circle. You'll return to it again and again and again. And, and it's the place where we've got to stop 
treating that like it's a bad thing. Like we failed or he failed or we're shameful in some way. It is the plan of a good, good father who is nuts about you to bring you back into the place, to this place of prayer and waiting. It's the place of winnowing. We didn't read this one, so you're just going to have to trust me. It's the place of winnowing the crowd. It's the same place where Abraham parted with Lot and said, pick away. It's in the same place, neither here nor there. It's the place where you can trust him. When he's removing distracting crowds, relationships, things, interest, all kinds of things that are hindering to what you, what you know he's speaking over your life, he will begin to winnow those things away, to cut it off. It may be people, it may be things. That's this place. I want you to feel permission this morning that it's not bad to be in this place of neither here nor there. It's the place of intimacy development. Let him tear some things off of you. It's the place of removing hindrance and sin. We talked about that. The people, that the sin in the camp was literally slaughtered out of the way. That's a good thing. That's God's delight in you. It's not his despise for you. Say it's not his despise for me. It's his delight in me. And, and finally, I just want to say it's the place of reestablishing promise. What you find, I didn't read it because it would have taken far too long. But you will find that every time Abraham or someone is passing through this place, he reestablishes the promise. He speaks it again. Again and again and again. You usually find there's more detail. You usually find he says the promise again with some more revelation. And then they go do some stuff, they go full circle, and they come back to the place, and he speaks the promise again with a little more revelation. Does that sound familiar to you? I hope that feels familiar when I say that. And all I want to do is make it conscious. I want you to know that it's not something you did, and I want you to know that it's not God failing, and it's not because he's displeased with you. In fact, quite the opposite. It's because he's totally nuts about you. So he's purposely brought you back to the place of intimacy under the terebinth tree that's neither here nor there. And, you're, and if you're like me, it's purposely the place where you're like, God, have you've spoken this word, and I'm about to go crazy because we're not there yet. <laughs> I got close. Is that close? Yeah, it's close for me too, I got to tell you. And half the time I'm going, go ahead, tell me again. You know, that's not a bad thing either. Tell me again. Does it get challenging? You know God spoke something. You know you're moving to it. You can't figure out why you're never getting there. Trust me, he doesn't fail. You're getting there. You can't figure out why it feels like I'm always in the neither here nor there. I know you spoke stuff. I'm never getting there. Do we need God to tell us again? Tell me again what, what you spoke, Lord. I'm having trouble here. Tell me again. Now look, there's a lot of shame that comes in that. I've talked to, well, I've talked to myself a lot. It's not pretty sometimes. But I've also talked to a lot of others um, where I, I find that they have, they have a shame about that. Like, that's not okay. Are, are, does that make sense? Like, it's, oh boy, there's something wrong with me. I must be a second-rate citizen of the kingdom of God. I, I just can't seem to hold on to that promise that he's given me back here or that calling that I know he's walking me into. I'm, I'm stupid. Have you done it? I want to tell you something. The word of God is full of bringing people back and back and back to the, to the time out where, where, the, where he re-speaks the promise and he never shames them. For I dare you to find the place where he ever shames a person <laughs> because they need him to tell me the promise again because I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> I can barely hold on. I can barely remember what you said. I've been so beaten down. Right? And he's a good, good father. He, 
He is willing. If you'll meet with him, if you'll time out, if you'll meet with him and you'll say, I just need you to tell me again. (laughs) Will you just speak the promise again? He will. He'll, He'll confirm it for you in all kinds of ways. But I'm not gonna go there because we need to stop and pray. I wanna tell you something. I know that this morning's message, um, we're probably gonna do that again um, because I didn't get to half of it. But I know that this morning's message was filled with things that that might have been, hopefully there's been some encouraging stuff, but there might have been convicting stuff. It may have brought up pains, wounds, issues, stuff to deal with. We're gonna have ministers up here after the service. Um, so I invite you if, you, if you just feel like you immediately want hands-on prayer from something that the Holy Spirit just did, just come on up and we're going to have people up here to pray for you. If it inspired something where you're like, man, I need to go deeper. I, I really need help with something that this is bringing up with me. We have living water ministry. And we have, we have um, counselors full of the Spirit, trained in how to walk with you in healing journeys to, to take you um, so you can start another lap, <laughs> full circle, to neither here nor there. Um, and that's what I got. Will you just pray with me? And then, and then we're just gonna, we're gonna dismiss right after I pray, but, but I so encourage you that um, he tells us do not neglect the laying on of hands and to pray for each other. So if you need prayer, come up here to one of the folks that are gonna be standing up here. Father, I thank you that you are um, delighted with us, that friendship with us is what you desire. And uh, we desire that back. And we ask you, Lord, to... um, Help us, even right now and throughout this next week, will you just reveal to us, Holy Spirit, where we are um, geographically, <laughs> where we are in our, in our uh, journey into more intimate friendship with you. Lord, will you expose the things in us that need your touch to allow us to, um, to enter into that deeper friendship. And Lord, I just ask a blessing in the time for whoever's coming, whoever's coming up here um, to receive prayer and whoever's going back to look at the art that you inspired back here, the, the living word with canvas and paint that you've made back here, that you would move their heart, that you would just very clearly speak and tell them that, that you made that painting for them and, and give them the courage the recognition and the courage to just grab that and take that blessing and let you keep speaking through it. Lord, will you bless it? Will you keep speaking through it? In the name of Jesus, and and we love you, Lord. Amen. Can I get some ministers to come up front, please? Just, thank you, Paul.